0: Welcome back. This week we're going to talk about the nomination and presidential election of 1860. Now we're told that a backwoods rail-splitting country lawyer was nominated by the Republican Party without his campaigning for it or appearing at the nominating convention. That's schoolboy history. Any politician knows that a powerful organization has to be behind anyone running for president. He either organizes it or rides the crest of a wave created by an organized movement. Now, one clue to Lincoln's support comes from the writings of the Secret Society of Rosicrucians. Every book published by the Rosicrucians on their history mentions Lincoln as a member, and several as part of the reconstituted Council of Three in 1842 in America, later on. Ruling the Rosicrucians worldwide with George Lepard. Pascal Beverly Randolph, and General Ethan Allen Hitchcock at the helm at first. Hitchcock was a commandant of cadets at West Point from 1829 to 1838. During the Civil War, he served as the chairman of the War Board under Secretary of War Stanton. General uh, uh, George Lepard was a prolific author and seemed to be more of the organizer than the other two members of the Council of Three. He had formed the Brotherhood of the Union and said that it was based on Rosicrucianism. It was a secret society promoting socialism and anti-Christian. Now, the Brotherhood contained and promoted the writings of many communist leaders. You may recall that the organizer of the Knights of the Golden Circle, George Binkley, helped organize the Brotherhood of the Union chapters before forming the Knights. Pascal Beverly, Randolph, joined the Asiatic Brethren linked to the Illuminati while in Europe, and he carried the order back to America. You may recall that the Asiatic Brethren played a role in the French Revolution. Randolph was part of a rising spiritualist movement in America. Now, all three of these men were close to Lincoln. And when Lepard died, according to the Rosicrucians, Lincoln was elevated to take Lepard's place on the Rosicrucians' Council of Three. There is much, much more to the backgrounds of these four men and their organizations in our book. We're only presenting here a very short look at the influences of the day, which propelled Lincoln into the nomination in 1860. Another influence was Lincoln's junior partner, William Herndon. Herndon was was in constant touch with many of the leading radical leaders in New England who helped John Brown's terrorism. And his influence on them about Lincoln swayed many into Lincoln's camp. Lincoln also met many of these leaders while on a speaking tour some years before in New England. So we see that secret societies and secret correspondents played a role in securing support for Lincoln long before the country had ever heard of him. No history book we are aware of take these things into account. In fact, they do not even seem to think in terms of organization at all. But we know that it is organization that counts. It is simply a matter of identifying it. Once the nomination was in the bag, two other organizations came into play that most histories do not ever mention. We're not sure how much a role they played before the nomination, but after it, they played a major role. The Turnverein or Turner Societies and the Wide Awake Republicans. The Turner groups were formed in October 1850 in the United States and named themselves the following year as the Socialist Gymnastic Union. They spread from coast to coast and it was rare that they were not led by Socialists or Communists. The Turners moved en masse into the Republican Party. They formed militias, which later formed the backbone of the Union Army during the initial call for troops by Lincoln at the onset of secession. In the spring of 1861, enrollment in the Union Army was 80% German, 12% American-born, and 8% other. The Turners were a second-generation Illuminati organization in Germany, and many of its leaders had already been as- esconched in America for 10 to 20 years before the influx of German immigration as a result of the failed communist-led revolutions of 1848 and 49. You may recall that one of their leaders was a teacher at Round Hill School under George Bancroft. The Wide Awake Republicans, their acronym was WAR, was led secretly by the detective Alan Pinkerton, who had worked with the terrorist, John Brown. Pinkerton had fled Great Britain because he was about to be arrested as the leader of a Chartist organization of socialists. We have a great deal of information about the Wide Awakes in my book, They met secretly and marched openly in uniform. Like the Turners, they formed militias, but did not organize and train them as well as the Turners. It was not unusual for the French Revolutionary flag to fly alongside the American flag at their events. The New York Herald estimated that there were 400,000 war members in 1860, and they campaigned vigorously for Lincoln. A very large organization for the day, Yet, have you ever heard of them? Over on the Democrat side, the party was split, ensuring the victory of the Republicans. The Northern Democrat candidate was Stephen Douglas of Young America. The Southern Democrat was John C. Breckinridge, Knight of the Golden Circle, and 33-degree Masonic Inspector under the occultist Albert Pike. And finally, John Bell, the candidate of the Constitution Union Party of dissatisfied Whigs and Know Nothing Party members. His presidential candidate was Edward Everett, whom we met in an earlier segment, who was educated at Göttingen University, the last refuge of the leader of the Illuminati. Of the four candidates, Lincoln was the only one who was not a Mason. Now let me repeat that. Of the four candidates, Lincoln was the only one who was not a Mason. Now mull that one over. A famous Confederate Army leader, Colonel John Singleton Mosby of Mosby's Raiders, stated in Leslie's Weekly magazine April 6th of 1911 that the only reason Breckinridge was made a candidate was to split the Democrat Party to elect Lincoln. A further problem existed which is not well known today. If it had not been for the German vote in the Midwest, Douglas would have been president. Without the illegal votes of Germans. Douglas would have been president. In the states of Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, non-citizens were allowed to vote. These were almost all Germans. This was done on a basis of a mix of one or more of the following. A declaration of intent to become a citizen, residency from 4 to 30 months, or payment of property taxes. The conspiracy today still uses the tactics they have used before, illegal voting of immigrants. Next week, the weeks leading up to the inauguration and the war.